Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. SmileEyeSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at tfry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, if you are looking to do some remodeling, I'm telling you, there's only one guy to work with, only one company to work with. That is Pinnacle Builders. That is my guy, Ed Goldinger. He started Pinnacle after being trained in the Army, so you are working with a vet which is awesome. And when he was in the army, he trained as a carpenter and a mason. And 33 years later, he's got the best company out there, Pinnacle Builders. It's the premier remodeling company in Denver. Take my word for it. Whether you want to do a high-end basement, bathroom, kitchen, custom counters, cabinets, you could do it yourself, but work with the pros. Work with a guy like Ed. Work with Pinnacle Builders. They're absolutely the best. And here's how confident Ed is in his work. They're going to give you a two-year warranty on everything. Every contractor out there is going to give you one year. I'd rather have two years. And if you're giving two years, then you must be really, really confident in the work that you do. Remodel today with Pinnacle Builders at PinnacleDen.com. That's PinnacleDen.com. Pinnacle Builders, the best in home remodeling. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Mighty Plumbing and Heating. Why does Mighty Plumbing and Heating have over 600 five-star reviews? No one has better service, and they will meet or beat any written offer. Go to MightyPH.com. Okay, uh, according to Patrick Saunders of the Denver Post, Rockies are considering using a six-man rotation after the All-Star break. If you know, in baseball, it's usually a five-man rotation. Back in the day, it was a four-man rotation. But they are looking at potentially doing a six-man rotation. Overall, what do you think of this plan? Well, Jose Arrania has been pitching pretty well as, as kind of the extra starter. So I think it make, you can at least justify it that way, going with the five guys who've been the main starters and throwing Urania into that, into that order. But I don't like the idea of six starters in the rotation. I think they should drop one of those guys out. So you don't like the idea? No. See, I don't have a problem with the idea, and I'll tell you why. Because when you look at the history of the Rockies and their pitching, they have still not solved the Rubik's Cube on how to get the most out of their pitchers. Now, you can make the case they've never had great starters here. When the best starter in the history of your franchise is Jorge De La Rosa, that's saying something. You know who I like was Pedro Estacio. He was the bulldog, though. Right. When you, when arguably one of your top five pitchers is, and I liked him very much, Jeff Francis, Mm -hmm. that's a problem. When one of your top 10 pitchers is Aaron Cook, that doesn't say much about the history of your pitching staff. The one thing that I know about pitching at altitude, there are a lot of things we could talk about. We could talk an entire show about pitching at altitude and then going on the road and pitching, and that has to do with you know humidity and the humidor and breaking balls and so on and so forth. But the one thing that a lot of people don't talk about is, is when you pitch at altitude, your body doesn't recover as fast. No. And because your body doesn't recover as fast, maybe you're out of it 
Why not try it out? But if we're being completely honest here, and I'm sorry if this sounds like a knock on Marquez and Freeland and everybody else and Gomber, um, they don't have a great pitching staff. How about cool? They have a bunch of average guys. There isn't one guy on this staff that on a contender would be lucky enough to be a number three starter. I think cool would be the way he's pitching this year. Okay. Well, he's lightning in a bottle then. My point is, Generally speaking, on a contender, any of these guys would be fortunate to be a number three starter. So why not see if this works? I remember back in the day, and I shouldn't say back in the day, it's less than 10 years ago, they did that piggyback system in which they had a starter go about four or five innings, then they had another starter go about four or five innings, and that was a bad idea. And they were roundly ridiculed for it. Didn't work. You're familiar with the starter Johnny Holstaff. Yes. For those that are not... You have a guy pitch the first inning, and then you have about five, six guys pitch after that. That is a Tampa Bay Rays creation, which worked for them. Other teams have tried it. It has worked at times for them. I'm not sure if that would work for the Rockies. But when you look at recovery at altitude, you know what? You're out of it. You might as well try it. Your, your pitching staff becomes better with better pitchers. So no, I, quite. I mean, so I think that's obviously, and I'm not breaking a revelation here. That's obviously. Give some breaking news music. Okay, what were you saying, Terry? The better your pitchers are, the better your pitching is. The better your pitchers are, you want them pitching every five days. How's that to sum it up? Okay. Right. I would go with a five-man rotation, and I I take Gomber out of there now and put Urania in for a while and see if he can deliver. He's looked really good. He's really been a a little bit of a fine so far. I realize we're only talking about a small sample, three games, but I'd see if that that could work. Well, you're going to see if it works. They they are shaking things up, and they're trying to do something different. Again, they're out of it. Maybe this experiment works. Maybe guys do go longer. Maybe guys will go six innings now consistently instead of going four and a third or a five and a third. How long do you do before you can tell yourself you've got a sufficient body of work, a sample size? Half season works for me. You're out of it. Why not experiment? Yeah. There's, no, there's nothing wrong with it. Experiment now instead of experiment when the games actually mean something. Because let's be honest, they really don't mean a lot. They mean a lot for the players who want to play well every day and want to put up numbers and do genuinely want to win games. But I don't have a problem with doing this. If this was a Bill Schmidt idea, I stand up and applaud him. Now, <laughs> a lot of GMs around the league would say that's a silly idea. But then again, particularly, they, they don't play at altitude. Particularly when, if and when, it is being done because of a pronouncement from the general manager. I will say this without naming his name. And you could probably narrow it down pretty easily to a couple of guys, because then again, I'm only talking about three, four guys. I had a former Rockies general manager say to me, I don't know if anybody will ever be able to figure out how to construct a ball club at altitude. That's what he said. Mm -hmm. He's no longer with the team. Was that a rationalization for his failure? No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. He's saying it's very different to build a team at altitude for the Rockies and every other team around the league. I can give you a million examples Mm -hmm. why it's different. I mean, 
I've had too many conversations with former Curveball players. Movement. Yeah. I mean, th- think about this for a second. And this is baseball 101 here. When it's the reason why they put in the humidor is because it was kind of like gripping a cue ball. You get no feel on the ball, right? Mm-hmm. And if you get no feel on the ball and you try and snap it off, talking about any type of breaking ball, it's not going to break that much. That's why the ball is going to hang in the zone. That's why you're going to get a lot of doubles into, I believe, one of the biggest outfields in the league or home runs. That's, there's a reason why back in the days, guys threw spitballs because they wanted the texture on their hand in order to snap it off. So my point is, when you have a very good breaking ball, and you are pitching at altitude and you have a difficult time holding it, let's say it breaks three inches at altitude. And I understand there's a humidor, but it's not like they switch out the ball every single pitch. They don't. You do it on the road where there's humidity, that thing goes from three inches to six inches, and as every guy knows, specifically you, Terry, I've talked to Helen about this, (laughs) those three inches matter. I, I do think we're to the point now where the denialist point of view on the altitude is on the altitude in baseball here. You can't, you cannot deny it anymore. What's up? You cannot deny that altitude affects the game to a staggering degree. Here. Want me to give you, you another can't way? Deny that. So that, by the way, that's just. But, the, but I'm saying my point is that there was a while in the first years in the National League when there were were the denialist wing. Right, saying no, it's all in the head. It's not, and they and that. Well, we didn't have that when the Denver Bears were in the PCL and American Association. Nobody griped about it then, which is actually true. Which is kind of an interesting study in in baseball mentality that the nobody, Denver Bears they they were in the what what American they, Association. Of oh, Pacific that's Coast right, League. not the majors. That's well, what I, that's, Eric. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And that's what I mean. That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. Right. I'm saying in those days, for whatever reason, the pitchers in the American Association Bears or with the PCL Bears did not gripe about altitude. They didn't. That doesn't mean they were. That doesn't mean they were in the in the right and making the evaluation. That the altitude was nothing to complain about. They weren't. They should have complained about it more. But you didn't. You were not allowed to use it as as an excuse either. So we talked about the pitchers. So the breaking ball is not going to break as much, right? Right now. Picture being a Rockies hitter and hitting is all about timing. Oh, it's it's a lot up here, too. But it's all about timing on swinging your bat. That's what it's about. You played base. You played baseball. Yes, you I did. All people should know this. Yes, I did. So it's about timing. And when your timing is on, you have a better chance of hitting. When your timing is off, you don't. It's really that simple. And the, the curveball never hit my bat. I'm sure it didn't. And it, it probably didn't hit mine either. But never again. Then again, I played altitude, so I didn't have that excuse. My point is, when you get used to playing at altitude, and the ball is breaking three inches, and it's a timing thing, and then you go on the road to say Florida, and now that timing is thrown off because that breaking ball is going six inches. Suddenly, you're not hitting as well, and it takes more than a few games to adjust when you hit the road. And guess what? When you 
finally get your timing down. You're back here. You're back here. <laughs> so it's hard to build two different teams. And even the best baseball players would have a very difficult time. And it wears on you mentally. It wears on your stats. And then it eventually wears on your wallet because you are thinking, well, I'm never going to be able to put up big numbers unless they are at home because I know I do have an advantage here. But when I look at my slash line, if that's what you want to call it on the road, it stinks. But you also know that your production at Coors Field will be belittled and diminished by yes. those by the uh, elitists out there who think that the game shouldn't even be played here. Well, but it is. It was, it was funny. The, the 98 All-Star game, I think it was, when Griffey won the home run derby, the national media came in and, and kind of lectured us and said, well, anybody can see what they need to do here is have greyhounds in the outfield to cover the vast territory out there. And you, you should have three world-class sprinters in the outfield. Well, it's a big outfield. And then, and then they figured out that that wasn't the panacea either. Well, this is more, well, a lot of people don't realize this is far more of a doubles park than it is a home run park. Yes. So to their point, yes, you do need speedy outfielders. That would help, but that's not necessarily going to help you when it comes to hitting. Yeah, it's that, not necessarily going to help you when it comes to pitching. If it diminishes your hitting advantage, then it doesn't, it's counterproductive. That's right. But again, that GM said to me, now that I'm gone, I realize, and I don't think, I think it'd be very difficult to build a consistent winner in Colorado because of what you have to go through when you go on the, on the road and when you are at home. And that is a fair point. I will tell you this about this guy and I'll tell you who it was in the break. The other thing is, is that when he got here, he didn't think it was that big of a problem. And now that he's gone, he realizes it is, it just is. It just is. I will answer your question. Don't be so don't be so impatient. Speaking of baseball, we'll get into the home run derby tonight. Are you so excited for batting practice? Should the biggest stars be a part of it? Do you really care? That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us at mileisports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at tfry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP. Dot com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda. Or find them at sdhmazda.com. Okay, every Monday on the show, we do the Rocky Mountain Forest product shout-out question to our friends Ty, Calcade, and Evan from the Just Us Guys podcast. All right, fellas, tonight is the Home Run Derby. Are you excited about it? No, the repetitiveness of it is just galling. It just it becomes very boring. It becomes very repetitive. Whether it was Chris Bourbon going back, 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 was just part of the formula for repetitiveness, and it just being boring. I think it it's, was, and it's not close enough to real baseball. You're not, you're not. 
the greatness of the baseball all-star game is it pretty much replicates a real game. Sure. And this is the real pure exception to that, to the point of what, it, what I almost consider insulting. And I'm a guy who goes back, you know, as a tiny, tiny, tiny kid watching home run derby from Wrigley Field in Los Angeles. In but you liked it. But you liked it. As a kid. But you yes. liked it. Yes, I did. Right. But after a while. But it was two guys. It was two that's right. against each other. I liked it right when it started because it was novel and it was a new idea. And the biggest stars wanted to be a part and of it. And Griffey hit it out. Right. But now it's been going on for so long. It's almost like come up with something new. I think they are doing something new, like in the outfield where they have guys chase down balls and try to throw somebody out. At least they're trying something different. The home run derby is batting practice. And it was great back then, kind of like the slam dunk contest was great back in the day. But year after year, and now you're somebody's jumping over a car, and you, <laughs> you bring in two cows, and you stack them on top of each other. Oh, you're talking about the basketball game. Yeah, and, and oh, okay. you know, a, a guy jumps I over two cows, and he, he squirts out a piss I, of milk, I was and he does a, a windmill jam, and suddenly he gets a 9.9 from Bill Russell. I was picturing a, uh, a shortstop doing a jump over a pickup truck. Yeah. So, well, actually, I think it was, uh, God, who was it? Uh, Blake Griffin jumped over a Kia. Well, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you you know that the the slam dunk contest started here in the ABA days. Yeah, whatever. It doesn't really matter. Yes, to it me does. It was one of the greatest things of all time. That's awesome. The first time, right? Right. The first time, and now we don't like it anymore. I don't. No, guys, what do you think? I mean, the the ABA was needed to be more of a show. Yes, and it was right. And then they had what five six teams join David Thompson and. Dr. J in the first slam dunk contest. Right. And and the first slam dunk contest in the NBA All-Star game was fantastic as well because you had the best guys going. And now you have Larry guys... Nance, Larry Nance won it one year here. Yeah. And like Pat Schroeder was one of the judges. That was back before... The, the thing is, uh, eventually, things get stale. Uh, I like... I like McDonald's hamburgers maybe twice a year, <laughs> but I don't want it all the time. How about and in and out? I, I'm not a crazy oh, in and out guy. Are you big in and out guy? Uh, yeah, I'm walking off this show. Really? I'll tell you what has a better burger, and, I, and I'm giving them cheap publicity here. I think Good Times has the best burgers in town. Okay. Now, the problem is you eat it at two in the morning, Good Times becomes bad times. And that's a whole nother topic. And we, we did we did talk about White Castle once, too. Something I would not eat. Because I think the words, anything that has the word slider in it makes me think of something at 3 o'clock in the morning. But I think this home run, what the gimmick now of the home run hitting contest is that it's a showcase for your youngest stars. But the problem with that yeah, is... Yeah, like Albert Pujols? He, yeah. Soto? He's, he's the only one. Yeah. Bellinger? Added, what, added Bellinger's 18, isn't he? But it's a showcase for the young stars. But the problem with that is you're not, they're not doing anything that makes them young stars. Hitting, batting, practice, pitching. And that's what it is. And part of the problem that, the, about with a home run hitting contest is, as a competition is it's so dependent on the guy throwing you the, the pitches. Sure. You, know, you, get a, you get to pick at who you want to throw, like Bryce Harper used his dad a few years ago. But I, but I think, Terry, this is my point in this. Everything you're saying is spot on. But you didn't say that the first two or three no. years. And that's my point. So now we're nitpicking at it. I'm just saying it's gone on too long. I liked it when it first started. I liked the slam dunk contest when it first started. It's just become old and tired. And the stars that's don't why I have no it. interest. And the stars don't want to do it. 
Generally speaking, they don't. I think it'd be hilarious if Albert Pujols won tonight. Say it again? I think it would be hilarious if Albert Pujols won. Yeah? Because look at all the other guys in there. Mostly the young stars of the game. Uh, The fewest home runs anybody else has hit is 16. By the way, do you think uh, uh, Aaron... What's what's the line on Aaron Judge to win tonight? A million to one. He's not in it. Oh, that's right. But he's only leading the league in home runs. How about Giancarlo Stanton? What are the odds on him? He's fifth. Two million to one. Not applicable. He's not in it. That's right. Austin Riley's in it, isn't he? He's He's four million to one. Oh, that's right. What do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance just in case you missed it? We'll discuss Cameron Smith winning the Claret Jug at St. Andrews and where he goes from here, as well as what the future holds for Washington Nationals outfielder Juan Soto after rejecting a massive contract offer. That's next on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry on Mile High Sports. I read about his widowed bride, but something touched me deep inside the day. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mon Forest Products Twitter feed at TFry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP. Dot com. Time now for the final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at the McKenzieFirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, Cam Smith won the 2022 Open Championship as he rallied from four shots back, finished at 20 under for the tournament while shooting a 30 on the back nine and route to carding a final round 64. He's the number two ranked player in the world and he's been on fire for the past calendar year. He's also rumored to be joining Live Golf for $90 million. So do you guys think he makes the jump to Live? And if so, what does that do for the integrity of the sport? He successfully dodged the question after his round yesterday, saying, hey, this isn't the time to talk about it. My people take care of that stuff. It was not a, a very effective denial if it was meant to be a denial. I don't blame him for joining. I mean, I wouldn't want to take money from the Saudis. But he should capitalize when he has the chance to. And oh, by the way, I believe the uh, folks at the Open announced that guys on the Live Tour can still play in the Open. Did you watch it? Yes. I thought it was compelling. I wasn't intending to watch it at all. It got drawn in. And I thought it was great because Smith's 64 was the best final round for a champion ever in the 30 tournaments at St. Andrews. And the other uh, young and... McElroy didn't blow anything. They they were terrific too. Right. I like the fact that he won the tournament. Right. You don't want to see a Jean Vandeveld moment. No. Where a guy is taking off his shoes and his socks and it's so uncomfortable when you're watching at home. But I'll, I'll, I'll tell you some things I read on Twitter. I'm like, really? Can you just give the guy some credit for winning? 
Somebody talked about Rory McIlroy on how consistently good he was. And he was consistently good. Couldn't make putts. Okay, he couldn't make putts yesterday. He had a difficult time yesterday. And then everybody talks about Young's eagle on the 18th hole, which was breathtaking, right? How about give the guy credit who had two rounds of 64, which is unheard of in a major, and oh, by the way, was second overall in putting. How about give the guy credit instead of saying, well, the other guys, I can't believe they lost when they did this. Is, How about what this guy did? Is this Twitter chatter from, from or is it reliable reliable criticism or discussion from bona fide voices in the golf community? I think, uh, I think you should give full credit to Cam for winning, 100%. Don't tell me how good the other guys play because they didn't cart two rounds. But who was saying that before. on Twitter? I, I, I didn't write it down. Yeah, I, I don't care what some anonymous bloke says in Topeka. I don't care. Well, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's Topeka, but didn't you put something in the show notes today that had to do with this? Because if we're talking about blokes, then I guess I might have to single you out. Let's go to your show notes today. What did you send me about the open today? You brought up Young, right? I said, How'd you like to be Cameron Young? You shot sixty five Sunday and couldn't catch your pass Smith. Or Rory McIlroy, who shot 70 and, quote, blew the tournament, unquote. Doesn't matter. This guy shot a pair of 64s. And I'm not going to call you a bloke. Yes. But you're saying, how bad do you feel for these guys? I don't. He shot a pair of 64s. I don't feel badly for him. I don't either. I'm saying, Not one bit. I'm saying, though, I don't understand why you put so much great credence in what some anonymous moron says on Twitter. Well, I'm I'm pointing out what you said. I don't feel badly for him one bit. That's not what I said. I don't feel badly for him one bit. They played as well as they could. He carded two rounds of 64 and one of them. Yes. And and he should get full. Nobody should. Nobody should. Who's taking away credit from him? Nobody should even be talking about Young and Rory McIlroy. What credible voice was not was knocking Cameron Young. I mean, Cameron Smith. What but, credible voice was knocking him because of the do you guys feel bad? who were behind him? Do you feel bad for those two guys because no. they played well? No. So why'd you, put that, I, why'd you I, put the show notes? Because I enjoyed watching the tournament wow. because all three of them were playing well. They were. Cam, what he did I thought it was, is historic. So it was, a great, it was a great viewing experience. It was unbelievable. I'll give you that. And, and uh, Smith was terrific. And now he's facing that uh, the ultimate question of whether he's going to stay, whether he's going to go to live or not. I'd go to live by him if it's $90 million. I'm sure the live tour had a deal in place for whoever was going to win it, but they knew Rory McIlroy was not going to jump. He was the only guy Correct. that was not going to be Correct. moved. He was on the record, and he knows he would have looked like a complete and utter hypocrite if he made the jump. And so, you know, just for, just for the record, the reason why I bring up Twitter is because Twitter is the world's greatest sport. But, but well, let me but finish. It's, if, if it's from an anonymous idiot, I don't care what he says. What I'm saying is it's the world's greatest sports bar. That's what it is. Yes. And if you're sitting at a bar and you see somebody across the table from you and he's some anonymous bloke and he says something that's ridiculous and you're not going to be you're not going to attack them and you're not going to get into a fist fight with them you have a conversation it is one twitter comment what percentage of the posts about the about the british open on on twitter is that what percentage is well, what was one what is point oh 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 one percent of the comments on twitter it's about funny the you should open. say that because i actually put together a spreadsheet 
and I'm getting ready to present a PowerPoint presentation with bar graphs and pie charts, mm-hmm. and I'll have that ready for you tomorrow. Okay, thank you. Juan Soto has turned down a 15-year, $440 million offer that would have been the largest contract in baseball history. Oh, I thought you were going to say it was from Liv. <laughs> no, yeah, Liv Tour couldn't get in on the oh. Soto contract. Uh, but the Washington Nationals are now willing to listen to trade offers. A month after their GM, Mike Rizzo, said they would not move the 23-year-old. So are you two in the belief that Soto gets traded before the August 2nd deadline? I don't think he will, no. When's his contract up? I think he has a couple more years on the on the rookie contract. Okay. Two and a half. Two and a half years. Why trade him? I turn it down. This team is awful. They're on pace to lose over 100 games. They lost 97 last year, and they finished in last place the year before. These aren't the Nationals that won the World Series. They are a shell of themselves, and I would not want to spend 15 years with a franchise that doesn't have the opportunity to draft Steven Strasburg again because there's only... He was a once-in-a-lifetime pick. Unless, of course, you're talking about um, Holiday's Kid, who, congratulations, <laughs> Jackson was the first overall pick in the draft. And I don't know if you covered the Rockies when Holiday was there. Do you remember Jackson hitting wiffle balls? No, I don't. I, I do. You, I remember Matt Holiday. I, I went back and did his story on the Asheville Tourists and the guys playing in the hometown of Thomas Wolf, writing a story about baseball in Asheville. And... Matt Holiday was with the tourists, and there were four of them living on air mattresses in an apartment. Right. Well, that's before Jackson was yes, born. Yes. Okay, so when I covered the Rockies starting in 2004, I think Holiday was with the team then. And I remember Jackson Holiday in the clubhouse, and they would lob him wiffle balls, and he had that big wiffle ball bat. It's not like he was holding a Louisville slugger. Did the wiffle ball have holes in it? Have it, holes did, in it, it did. Oh, okay. Be- because if it didn't, he probably would have knocked somebody's eye out. There are two kinds of wiffle balls. With that, it did have holes. And I will tell you, as a three-year-old, and I understand it was an oversized bat, but I understand he's three, he would pound line drives. And all of us in the media would look at this and say, this kid will probably become a baseball player one day. None of us ever said he'll be the number one pick in the draft. No. But you could see this kid could swing a bat. And and it wasn't like little dinks, like little ground... He would hit line drives, kind of like, and this is going way back in the day, you have to look up the video, of Tiger Woods at three years old going on the Merv Griffin show. (laughs) Yes. Right? Yes. Same thing. Yes. Same exact thing. All right, that was Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it. You can uh, walk in any store, try out the appliances before you buy them. When you buy a car, you're going to want to take it for a test drive, right? You're going to want to do that with appliances as well, especially if you want to get a Viking range. I'm telling you, I've cooked on Viking ranges and I love to cook. You get behind one of those things. You get the feel of it. You're going to be like, man, if I have the money to do this, I am going to do this. You ask to do that in a big box store, they will look at you like you have seven heads like, what are you talking about? That is the type of customer service you are going to get at Mountain High Appliance. You can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up, After the break, the Buffalo Bills are planning on building a new stadium. Their concept is a little out of the ordinary when you look at the most recent stadiums built. And with the Broncos potentially building a new stadium with new ownership, should they do what the Buffalo Bills are thinking about? That's next. 